Welcome to the Don Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. And now here's your host, Don Smith. Hey, thank you, Brad Smith, for that great introduction. And thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today for another Don Smith Show, where it's always okay to be a conservative. We've got a great lineup on the program for you here today. From Fox News, we've got Janice Dean, who had a very tragic and personal story when it comes to how Governor Andrew Cuomo, who just got an award, uh, has been dealing with COVID-19 and the impacts it's had on families. So we got to always remember that these things have real impacts on real people. So looking forward to talking to Janice Dean, also Major General Paul Bowley. A lot of stuff going on here right now. The way things look, it looks like uh, all paths go forward for Joe Biden. Still challenges going on, and we will talk to my other guest, Richard Barris, about that. But uh, if it does continue this way, a lot of concerns when it comes to our foreign policy so no better person to talk to than Major General Paul Fowley. And again, People's Pundit Daily Editor, Mr. Richard Barris, Big Data Poll. Uh, let's talk about the latest. What's going on? What's uh, come out this week? What's been discovered? Uh, and how do things look going forward? So always great to get his insight. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We've got a great show. Just a little bit of time to do it, folks. You know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get her. You know, I think one thing that's really important to understand here, we obviously we know that there is a virus going around. We know that um, people have died from it. People have gotten sick from it. Um, some of you may know people personally. I do. But here's the reality of it. The reality of it is these lockdowns, these things that nobody really knows exactly what's going on with this thing. I think that is really the biggest concern, at least that I have, and I think a lot of other people do as well. We're always just told, well, it's science. You know, it's just science. But we've got to remember this, and this isn't, this isn't even a knock on science. This is just reality. Science has been wrong on this thing from the very beginning. The very first thing that came out was, and of course this was uh, on the word of China, which yeah, kind of tend to not take their word on many things, but this was the World Health Organization. So these are like supposed to be the preeminent of science. This was endorsed by the CDC uh, and many others, was that this was not airborne. Remember this? It was a, you got it through contact, so touching surfaces. Remember they came out with the stuff. Here's how long it lives on cardboard and glass and plastic and wood and blah, blah, blah. That was all bogus. None of that was accurate. So when scientists tell you things, and then everybody else, they take it and they say, well, science, science says this. Well, science was wrong. I don't know what to tell you. It just is what it is. We had Dr. Fauci who came out originally and said masks could do more harm than good. Uh, now you hate your neighbor if you don't wear a mask. So maybe we should be a little more skeptical when it comes to science. People talk about science deniers. If you were a science denier, by their definition, at the beginning of this entire thing, guess what? You were right. You were the one that was right. Science was wrong. So sometimes maybe we should deny science a little bit more and actually wait till they know what they're talking about. So when it comes to COVID-19, a lot of unknowns here. 
There's a lot of things that they can't tell you. They can't back it up. There was a, you heard about this study that came out here uh, recently, a Danish study that came out and said, actually, masks seem to have very little impact on whether you got the virus or you didn't. This was an actual scientific study. It was, the, it was actually the holy grail of scientific studies because if you talk about climate change, things like that, and you give information, people say, well, that's not peer-reviewed. This was an actual peer-reviewed study that for some reason took over six months to actually publish in scientific journals. But, but if you go to post something, take that study and post it on Facebook or put it on Twitter or put it on any of these social media platforms, I can't, I'm going to back up. Not any of them, because there are, appears to be some good ones out there, uh, MeWe, uh, Parler, uh, some alternatives now where they're not actually silencing uh, conservative views. This wasn't even a conservative view. But if you post this actual scientific, peer-reviewed scientific study, they will fact-check it for you. They got some, I don't know, some 19-year-old kid in his mom's basement who tells you, hey, because he's an independent expert all of a sudden, right? Well, what's the first thing you always get if you challenge science? Oh, are you a scientist? <laughs> you got, I mean, independent expert fact checkers. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. So you cannot even share scientific studies that are contrary to what the narrative is. Just think about that for a minute uh, the next time somebody calls you a science denier. But the biggest thing we're seeing here is, and, and I said this, if Joe Biden uh, which appears right now to have won the election, it's going to embolden these people. That's just the bottom line. These people will be so emboldened, you'll see what you're seeing in L.A. County right now. Uh, of course, California you know, has been lost, lost for a long time, but now they're really pushing it. You're seeing it all over the country. You're seeing mayors and governors. Uh, we've got Joe Biden now, who's talking about a 100-day mask mandate, but it's not really a mandate. Oh, yes, it will be. You better believe that it will be. These people know nothing else but mandates. But you're seeing a lot of people now, even on the left. It's gotten to the point where it's kind of overcome the politics of it, right? Because this thing has been political from the start. And I don't know, you couldn't convince me otherwise that uh, there isn't more to this whole thing. When we had a great economy going, we had unemployment at the lowest numbers in history. Uh, President Trump was sailing to reelection. Um, oh, and then oh, there's COVID-19. And who wants him out more than anybody? That's right, China. Where did it come from? Oh, that's right, China. So anyway, it is what it is. Uh, here we are and, and moving forward. But look at how emboldened these people are going to become. I think if you're looking for... And we are. We're looking for the proof right now. We want to see the actual uh, election interference. We want somebody to be able to please be able to prove this uh, because I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it happened. And it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not tinfoil hat stuff. Liberals cheat. It's what they do. The problem we have is that they're really good at it. So they, uh, it seems like they put a lot of effort into this, a lot of thought into it, um, and worked it out to where they're able to cover their tracks. I think that's uh, really what we're seeing right now. But the reality of it is this. They are emboldened now. These people are going to stop at nothing to control your lives. You never let a crisis go to waste. Well, the crisis isn't over, right? And they're never going to let it be over. I think that's really when it comes down to it. I think that's what we're going to see is this crisis is never going to be over. But one thing, if you, if you want some proof that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, 
had some doubts about whether they would win. At a very minimum, had doubts. I think they really didn't think they were going to win. I mean, I think even even with the cheating, I think they felt that it was probably too big of a hurdle to overcome. But listen to how they talked about the vaccine, right? You remember this, Joe Biden. Oh, I'm not going to take any Trump vaccine. Uh, it's not a Trump vaccine. Donald Trump did not sit in the White House in a secret room in the bunker creating a, creating a vaccine, right? I mean, that's just not what he does. But it's been called the Trump vaccine because, of course, it was developed while he was president, it, Operation Warp Speed. All these things led to where we are today. But remember, you had both Kamala Harris, you had Joe Biden, who were talking about not trusting the vaccine. They would never have done this. Had they been completely confident that they were going to win, they would have never have done this because this is a really bad situation for them now. You have both of them on record more than once, multiple times, saying that they don't trust it. They don't trust anything that's done under Trump. So now it's a huge PR cleanup mess for them, right? Because now they, need, they kind of need everybody because this is going to become the next thing, right? You get, the, you get all the people that scream at you, wear your effing mask. It's never just wear your mask, right? It's wear your effing mask because they're very angry people. So the next phase of this, if you will, is going to be the vaccine. And, and the things we have to really fear here is you've already heard the airlines are talking about uh, you won't be able to fly in an airplane unless you have the vaccine. Now, keep in mind, people have been flying throughout the entirety of this. Airplanes have been full throughout the entirety of this. But now all of a sudden there's going to be a vaccine and you won't be able to fly unless you take the vaccine. But here's the thing we have to fear because we've seen this kind of stuff before. It never ends well, by the way. We're going to have identification cards, papers, or whatever it's going to be to show that you had the vac- you had that you've gotten the vaccine, right? Or you won't be able to do things. Now, this is going to take place. It's going to start out in liberal cities. You're going to have the federal government. If Joe Biden does become president, uh, you're going to have the federal government try to enforce this as well. So we're going to be really, really vigilant on all this because this isn't America. This isn't what we do. Right? We don't walk around with identity papers. and You can be in this country illegally. You don't have to care anything, right? So I guess I'll be, I don't know, I'll be an undocumented vaccine guy because I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to take it or not. But the huge PR mess is this. They've created fear around this. Don't trust Trump. Don't trust Trump. Oh, don't trust anything that he does. So how do you clean this up? Well, the first thing that Joe Biden did here earlier this week was uh, apparently he's hired Dr. Fauci to be his uh, chief guy, which that's great, right? Because that guy's been perfectly, absolutely correct about absolutely everything. No, he hasn't. But they've got to sit here now and they've got to tell us that the vaccine, well, it's safe because now they, now their own problem in getting people to take the vaccine is that they themselves said it wasn't safe, that they were skeptical of it. So huge PR mess, horrible way for him to start out a presidency if he becomes president. So here's him and Kamala Harris here earlier this week trying to address this. Now, keep in mind, and we all know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, no news flash here, no breaking news. The media lies. The media will say whatever that narrative is that this looks like incoming administration is going to try to put out there, right? So their job is to cover up the things. Their job is to, to put Governor Cuomo in New York. I and mean, we'll talk to Janice Dean here in a little bit. Look at the job the media has done 
in Kalbripa, even though, although this guy has been very adversarial with the media, his own local media, look at the, look at the job that they've done to say, oh, no, he's, he's absolutely awesome. This guy's just, I mean, the guy's just nailed it, right? Yeah, he hasn't. So the media is going to play along with this. So this is really, uh, I don't know if you would call what you would call this a uh, infomercial here, if you will, but just check this out. We want to make sure that the people who, who need to get it first are, are going to be there, but of course, of course we'll take it. I'd be happy to do that. When Dr. Fauci says we have a vaccine that is safe, that's the moment in which I will stand before the public. Now, obviously, we take it, and it's important to communicate to the American people it's safe. See, now all of a sudden, it's safe. And you know why it's safe? It's safe because Dr. Fauci says it's safe. Now, the same Dr. Fauci that said it was safe at the same time Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were saying it wasn't. Nothing's changed. It's not a different vaccine. It's the same Dr. Fauci. But now all of a sudden, it's safe. And you know who they're going to blame? Right. You know who they're going to blame when people don't get this vaccine. They're not going to blame Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. They're not going to play those clips on CNN that say where they talk about how they don't trust it. They're going to blame Donald Trump. They're going to blame Donald Trump for everything, probably for about the next 20 years, maybe. I don't know. Well, if it wasn't for Trump back in, you know, this is what it is. And it's called liberalism. And it is a mental disorder, but that's a whole other story. So here you've got this awful, awful PR situation that they have. Because you're going to have, just based on what they said during the campaigning, you're going to have a lot of people that aren't going to take it just because of that. Because they also realize that it's the same Dr. Fauci. And they also realize that it's the same vaccine. Nothing has changed. So... How do they handle this going forward? It's going to be fascinating to watch, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of this. There's going to be a lot more of these interviews where they talk about how uh, nobody's ever going to ask them. Nobody's going to say, hey, wait a minute. You guys were pretty darn skeptical about this. Uh, you know, uh, what, what's changed? Nobody's going to ask that question, and that is the question. What has changed? The answer, of course, is nothing. But that's why they're not going to ask because it's you know, a little bit uncomfortable, shall we say. One of the things that's really been irritating to me, and I think to a lot of you as well, is the hypocrisy that we're seeing around this entire program of lockdowns and restrictions. And the one thing I said at the beginning, science should just admit, hey, we really don't know yet. We really don't know this. We really don't know that. There's a lot of things they don't know. And they should just admit that. And people are smart. People are able to make their own decisions. And that's what this country is founded on, is people making their own decisions. How do I keep my family safe? How do, how do I stay safe? How do I feed my family? These things are left up to the American people, which is what makes this country what it is. When, when people start getting to a point where more people actually want the government to intervene, more people actually want the government to tell not only them what to do, because it's really never about telling them what to do. It's about telling us what to do. Other people, anybody but themselves. I want, if I don't do this, liberalism, liberalism dictates that nobody else should either, right? If I don't watch this channel, Fox News should be off the air. If I don't do this, then that shouldn't be allowed for anybody. That right there is liberalism. One thing, CNBC yesterday, really interesting interview, and I thought it was 
I thought it was great to actually hear somebody stand up and push back against this science thing because science doesn't know. The science won't admit that, but you can still use science as a big club to beat somebody over the head with. And this happened to Rick Santelli yesterday on CNBC. Listen to this. Can't tell me that shutting down, which is the easiest answer, is necessarily the only answer. Rick, I just, I, I just as, a, as, a, as a public health and public service announcement uh, for the audience, the difference wait, between wait, a big all, box who retailer. Who is this? Hold on. The difference between <clears throat> this oh, who answer, else? the difference who the else? difference between who a else? big box retailer. Hold on. The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant, or frankly even a a church, are so different it's unbelievable. Go I disagree. A big box retailer, I disagree. You're wearing, I disagree. You're wearing. You can a mask. have your thoughts and I you're can have mine. You're required to wear a mask. I disagree. It's science. I'm sorry. It's science. It's science. Wearing it's not science. It's a different story. 500 people in a Lowe's aren't any safer than 150 people in a restaurant that holds 600. I don't believe it. Sorry. Don't believe okay. it. And I you, live in an area don't... where there's a lot of restaurants that have fought back and they don't have any problems. And they're open. Okay. You don't have to believe it, but let me just say this. You're doing a I disservice to I the won't. viewer because the viewers need to you understand it. You are doing it. a disservice we, we to the viewer. You are. You are. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If, 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 uh, I, I would like to keep our viewers as healthy as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. The idea of packing people into yeah. restaurants. I think our viewers are smart enough to make part of those decisions on their own. I don't things. think that I'm much smarter different than things. all the viewers like some people do. Exactly. That, the, the last part of that is perfect. I don't think I'm any smarter than anybody else making these decisions for themselves like some people do which, of course, was the, was the host of that show on CNBC. But, but did you notice that? What did, what did he go back to? What did he keep going back to? It's science. It's science. Where is that scientific study? Now, that will never be, ever, ever be presented. Any study that would show that he's wrong would be suppressed just like the Danish mask study was. You would have these super smart independent fact checkers from social media saying they're not true. Then you have the media piling on that about how – and they'll, they'll just point out that even social media says this is even, – even Facebook says this isn't true. We've gotten to the point where somehow social media has actually risen above the media. Now, I understand <laughs> there's a lot of uh, discussion over the trustworthiness of some of the media – out there, but all of a sudden, social media is like the be all and the end all, right? Because they have independent fact checkers. People in this country make their own minds up. They will decide what's safe for them. Some people simply need to feed their families, and they're being stopped. Nowhere has it gone further at this point than it has out in L.A., right? L.A. County, uh, this week, stay at home. Uh, even further than this, you actually had Garcetti, the mayor of the city, saying cancel everything. This has real impacts on people's lives, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Th these policies truly impact people. Japan right now is having an overwhelming increase in suicides, and, and imagine if you really looked at the stats, if we were more honest about those kind of things, even here, you would find that as well. When you can't leave your house, when you can't see your family, at some point, enough is enough. At some point, there's a breaking point, uh, much like what happened in Staten Island here this week, if you saw that. Um, the bar restaurant owner who refused to shut down, he, said, I, he just said, I can't. 
He didn't do it. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump or MAGA. Or He's trying to take care of his family. He's trying to save his business, and he's just saying, I can't do it anymore. I need to be open or this place closes. This place closes. I don't feed my family. These aren't complicated things. But nowhere has it. If you remember last week, we read a story, and this was uh, up in the Toronto area, up in Canada. We read the story about the business owner who, same thing, right? He said, I can't close. I have to stay open. So first they took away his liquor license. Then they took away his business license. Then they arrested him for operating a business without a license. And, and what did I say last week? This is one week ago today. I said, this is the precursor of what's going to happen here. And lo and behold, less than a week later, it happens here. Not just once, but twice this week. One up in Maine and the one in, uh, the one in Staten Island, right? This is the government choosing who can stay open, who can close. So you can do this, but you can't do that. In L.A. County, they're telling you, their mayor is actually saying, cancel everything. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering. And following our targeted safer-at-home order, if you're able to stay home, stay home. Cancel everything. But see, here's the problem. Just like the French Laundry, Governor Gavin Newsom don't go out to eat, but I'm on my way for dinner right now. I'm going to be late. This is the problem. This is the problem. These are rules for us, but not for them. So here you've got Garcetti. You heard what he said. His message is very simple. Cancel everything. Except all these things where there's lobbyists, where there's... You want to know why Hollywood sides with the left? Because guess what? Guess who's still working? Guess who's deemed essential? Because nothing's more essential than Hollywood, right? Uh, come on. Could there be anything more essential than Hollywood? Um, yeah, everything, right? Th that's like the last thing that I would ever deem to be essential. But he said cancel everything. I'm telling you, this stuff has real consequences for real people. And there's, there's a business owner, a restaurant owner in, in that area who's personally impacted. Now, what you're going to see going forward is this. As they continue to clamp down, and as more and more people reach that, I don't know if you want to call it the boiling point or whatever it is, that makes you say, hey, enough is enough. I have to live my life. I have a family to feed. I have to survive. It, it's a survival thing, which is just a human element. People are going to survive. They're going to do what they have to do to survive. But just, just to show you how this impacts real people, I have no idea uh, who this woman is. I just happened to catch this this morning, but it, I think it sums up a lot of things. And it sums up the fact that this is beyond politics now, because it's not just conservatives who want to feed their family. Liberals want to feed their family too. Independents want to feed their families too. This might be a person who actually voted for Mayor Garcetti, maybe voted for Governor Newsom. But everybody is going to reach that tipping point. Listen to this woman business owner in L.A. County. This is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining. And I walk into my parking lot, 
and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio. Tell me that this is dangerous, but right next to me as a slap in my face, that's safe. This is safe? Exactly. That's safe. So it's safe to film a movie. So if you didn't see it, so you kind of heard her description there. They So... She had to make a bunch of changes to her outdoor patio because outdoor dining was the only thing that was going to be allowed. So she did all kinds of work to make it so that people could be comfortable eating outside. They shut her down. They shut her outdoor patio down. She's standing on the patio right across the street. They set up three big white tents, right? You know, the big outdoor tents like, uh, you know, at an outdoor convention or something. They set up these big three tents for the movie company that's coming in and shooting a movie. So they shut her down on the same day they let Hollywood set up their three tents right across the street. As she says there, how is this safe? Now, as we've been talking about so far in the program, the answer is going to be inevitably science. It's science. So somebody's going to have to explain eventually that science to the people losing their livelihoods. How is that science? They're both outdoors. They're both, I imagine they'll social distance and all those things with the Hollywood movie, exactly the same as she was doing on her restaurant patio. How can one be safe and the other not? How can it be safe to go into a grocery store or a restaurant, but not a church? You heard that. That's it's because uh, they don't wear masks. How do you know what they're doing inside the church? If they have guidelines, I'm sure people are following those guidelines to their best of their ability, just like they do when they go to the grocery store, the liquor store, the everything else that's open, when they're filming their movies. You're, if you're an actor, you're not wearing a mask while you're, while, the, while you're shooting the movie, right? Because that would be kind of silly. Although we're probably not that far away from it, which that would be a little creepy, but that's another story. So how could one be safe and the other not? I have an exchange with the Freedom From Religion Council, right? Which is really just, uh, you want to talk about a hate group. That's a hate group. And their whole thing, their, their whole thing is about a separation of church and state, right? That's it's supposedly what everything is based on. Their entire existence is supposedly based on this. They were upset because the Supreme Court ruled that New York, that Governor Cuomo, wasn't allowed to put special restrictions that were different on the church as they were on a grocery store or Target or Walmart or Home Depot or, or any of the other big box stores. So if they were really for a separation of church and state, they would actually support that, right? I mean, if they really didn't want the state to be involved with the churches specifically, then they would favor that decision, but they weren't, which proves one thing. Groups like that, they're not, they're not for a separation of church and state. They're for the elimination of church and state. So, I don't know. It is what it is. 
a lot of hypocrisy going around. We've seen all this stuff again. We see the uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, I think the best one, though, has to be the Austin mayor, right? He, he's the guy who filmed his own stay-at-home order. Uh, nobody should travel. You shouldn't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere for the holidays. Uh, filmed this whole video, sent it out to everybody. Um, then it was found out that he actually filmed it while he was in his timeshare in Cabo. So that's liberalism. Uh, I think that's, I think he wins the award, right? I mean, there's a lot of others. You saw the mayor of Denver uh, had some issues as well, uh, San Jose, all over the country. The real thing to always remember is this. I think it's really the only thing to remember when you think, well, how, I mean, how could they do that? How could they be so tone deaf? The answer is very simple. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. You could never sit down with any of these people and convince them that what they're doing is wrong. Their mind tells them that it's okay. They have, they have 100 justifications for why it's okay to be in Cabo filming something back for your residence in Austin, Texas, telling them not to go anywhere while you're in Cabo. Folks, that is liberalism. It, it, the ends justifies the means. All those different things that they use, all the different phrases that they have, understand that they've always justified their own actions. Governor Cuomo, uh, no better example than that. This guy completely feels that he's in the right on everything he's done. He feels he deserves those awards. He's happy to take them because you could never convince them that what they're doing is wrong. You could never convince them that it's, there's a lot of hypocrisy there, but you could just never convince them that it's just wrong. They justify everything. They have justifications for everything. So great lineup on the program. Glad to have you all here. Again, Fox News' is Janice Dean coming up in a little bit. Also, General Paul Valley and our good friend, PPD, PD editor, Mr. Richard Barris. We will be back right after this. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you can find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on formateer.com, or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information, or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously. No writing for them, no data re-entry for you. Form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at formateer.com. That's formateer.com. And here is our newly remodeled Hotel Business Center. 
floppy disk drive computer, dot matrix printer, and modem. Modem? That's right. Dial up. Hello. Need a new way to work when you're on the road? Regis has over 1,100 professional business lounges, access to meeting rooms with video conference studios, private offices you can book by the hour or day, and a mobile app to find Regis locations. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Your mom's got your back. Your friends have your back. Your dog's definitely got your back. But who's got your back when you need legal help? We do. We're LegalZoom. And over the last 10 years, we've helped millions of people protect their families and run their businesses. We have the right people on hand to answer your questions, backed by a trusted network of attorneys. So visit us today for legal help you can count on. LegalZoom. Legal help is here. This is Don Smith from The Don Smith Show. As a conservative talk show host, there is one undeniable truth. Nobody is more uplifting and inspiring than the Democrats. I've always envied them for this. In fact, one could almost say with the new crop that has just come into Congress, they light up our lives. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. You give me hope to You know, if that's what radical means, call me a radical. You light up my day. Maybe we shouldn't be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Smith Show, where it's okay to be a conservative. to the show. Coming up a little bit later, we have Fox News' Janice Dean on how Governor Andrew Cuomo's policies really impacted her family. Also, General Paul Valley on foreign policy issues that uh, we might want to be a little concerned about right now. But right now, my pleasure to have on my next guest. He is the editor of peoplespunditdaily.com, Mr. Richard Barris. Hey, Rich. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Living the dream. How about you? Yes, same. Same as always, my friend. On a nice little (laughs) road trip and beautiful day. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, we've got a nice day here, too. So let's talk about this. Uh, peoplespunditdaily.com, check it out. We've added some jobs here, so let's get into some positive stuff here, and then we'll go on to, into the latest on the election, uh, all the things going on with that. Let's talk about the, the economy, though. I mean, even with lockdowns and people becoming emboldened to get stricter with these lockdowns, we're adding jobs. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would think I would say the highlight of that story is right. The headline is that even with the uncertainty around the election and the lockdowns, uh, you know, basically half the country doing their best to sabotage the economy. The economy still added about a quarter mil, Don. And yes, that's slower than the last two months, which were upwardly revised when when uh, we combine them together. Uh, And I am a little bit concerned. You know, there's just some comments from panels and sentiment indexes that uh, whether they're firms or consumers, they're a little bit concerned about the outcome of the election results, and they're worried about, you know, returning to regulation nation. Uh, but even still, in the face of all of that, uh, the American, uh, the American business, small, small business, big business, just Char- Charlie, Mike, and they're just carrying on or doing their best. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So a little, little burst of good news there. Hopefully that continues. Um, I'm a little worried, though, Rich, with everything going on with these new implemented lockdowns getting tighter and stricter. I want to get into this because you and I have discussed this uh, for quite a while now, and this was the signature process. So we're seeing now that the governor, Governor Kemp, uh, Georgia is coming out now calling for a signature audit. Audit. Now, this is, again, something you've been talking about, and we've discussed it many times in the program as well. Uh, what do you see out of this? What, uh, do you see an impact? Do you see this actually happening? Because I think it has to be called for uh, by the Secretary of the State first, right? You know what it does. By their constitution, uh, that was what was always screwy about all of this, Don. The fact of the matter is, Uh, None of this, all of these changes that were implemented, none of them were constitutional. Those who did use their authority abused their authority. I mean, Bush v. Gore is very clear. You cannot treat voters differently. And uh, Sterling and uh, Rappersburger, you know, both said that they would put these ballots up publicly to view. That did not happen. So, you know, you look at somebody like Sterling, Don, and this is something that I think should concern everybody. You look at somebody like Gabriel Sterling, and it doesn't take exactly, you know, a deep dive into his social media to see not only how much he hated Donald Trump, but how he openly on his Facebook page repeatedly said we have to stop Donald Trump in Georgia. I, people should be clear about how many of the establishment Republican class still cannot stand this guy and, in fact, have been waiting for his four years to be over so they could go back and return to business as usual. I mean, everybody loses if you are a political class. doesn't matter what the letter is after your last name. If, you know, if Donald Trump is the president, you lose because business is not as usual. So you want him gone. And, uh, you know, I would just put that, yes, the governor's calling for it, but he can't really do anything about it. And I will say this, we're polling Georgia right now. We're polling the runoffs. And we're not done yet, but you do this long enough, you get a feel for when you look at raw data. The people of Georgia think this election was robbed. I can say that out now. Runoffs are very tight, and I'll let you know when we have that result, you know, when it's, when it's concrete. They're very tight. But what's not tight is that people wanted those signatures verified, and they wanted them done in the light of day with both sides watching. 
Yeah, you know, and, and this is one thing. I think the first first talk we had with each other uh, on air, at least after the election results came in, was that was the concern: is people having faith in our election process going forward? And I think right now, Rich, this thing is a mess. Do you do you see this getting yeah. to a point, no matter how it turns out, where there's any kind of confidence whatsoever amongst the American people on our election process? No, I, I'm really – this is my number one concern now, Don. You know, we did talk about it. Every battleground state we polled, and then I came on the show and we spoke about it. Four in ten, five in ten going into this thing. Even in states which have done mail-in for a long time, Arizona, Florida, they knew the difference this time. They understood this was not the same thing as the absentee ballot voting they had conducted for years. They knew the difference in, between the signature match, what they were asking for, unsolicited ballot requests. Americans aren't dumb. I know other pollsters were finding different results, but I would note they were finding different election results, too, and we were the most accurate again this year. So I would, t- I would tell people, you know, what we find, that, that should concern them. Four in ten, five in ten, that's a big chunk of the population, Don, and we, we can't continue like this. Everybody has to have faith. One side loses. They have to understand that, respect it, and move on. But you can't do that if you're constantly questioning the legitimacy of the winner. And the first thing, I mean, politics is a whole separate, you know, whether or not there's a narrative like we saw with Russia collusion, this is even more basic than that. It's the fairness and how we treat voters and how we count votes. And we, we really need to get this together quick. I, I don't really see how we uh, move forward from here unless we – we change how we do things. Exactly. And one of the things, Rich, that came out this week is since this all happened, I've been just begging to see some actual evidence, something that can we can sink our teeth into. Because I agree with you, the low-hanging fruit is the signature verifications. But also in Georgia, there's a video that came out this week that shows a batch of ballots, uh, up to 23,000 ballots that seem to be all for Joe Biden coming in. Now, right now, the lead for Biden is 10,000 votes. What, what do we know about that? Yep. And, and is that verified? Is that verified? Yeah, I mean, there has been an explanation, supposedly, but uh, those workers are vehemently anti-Trump. Uh, they, th- this is what you and I have talked about so many times, where you have uh, officials, election officials on Tuesday, and then on Thursday, they double as Democratic activists. And, uh, they, you know, they, the entire circle is, uh, is anti-Trump. And it, really, I mean, everything we've seen in the last four years, you cannot put it past these people to do anything to stop him. And, look, I understand. I heard the explanation. I just don't buy it. I'm open to another legitimate explanation. But, Don, I've been in this business long enough. There is no chain of custody that makes uh, this sen- make sense to me, that, that allows this video to make sense to me. You don't kick out people a couple of minutes before, have, you know, a trusted circle, all anti-Trump on, on social media, you know, stay behind, and then you pull out 20, you know, double Biden's margin in a suitcase. No, <laughs> these, no world, I, I don't think I've ever seen votes in a suitcase, have you? I mean, let me just say it that, no. let me just put it like that. No, they, they're not could... handled like this, folks. They're not handled like this. Right, exactly, and and to be told that well, this is this is just normal operating procedure uh, that doesn't that doesn't help right. clear anything up. You know, what, here's what I'm concerned about, Rich. 
all this stuff going on in Georgia, and right now we're waiting to see if we're even going to get a, a chance to uh, verify any of these signatures. We've got this story where you and you actually video to accompany it. The big race right now in January is going to be the Senate runoff. Uh, so we've got two yeah. two seats up for grabs, which is going to make a huge difference going forward. So again, back to the whole question of integrity, but but more importantly, what should the camp, what should the Republicans be doing right now to brace for or to prepare for um, more possible uh, funny business in this election? Right. Well, they should absolutely. I mean, this is some fundamental you know i mean both sides should be there and present to oversee the verification procedures that are in place and first of all first and foremost you have to put them back in place let's get real georgia did not require their officials to verify these signatures and we're just supposed to believe these people don't exactly have great track records for integrity we're supposed to believe that and just accept and have confidence in the fact that they did it anyway i don't think so the Secretary of the State has the power to do it. The, Republic, the legislature is Republican. Don, they could force them to do it. The governor could have an emergency session. They could, they could change the law right now. The governor could sign it and take the power even out of the Secretary of State's hand if you wanted to. And it really comes down to what, who, where is their political will, right? Where, does it, where is it? Do they want to move before uh, you know, they can close the book on the, on the uh, presidential election? Are they, like, running out the clock and then they'll do something for the Senate? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you um, that there are legislators who have guts in that state that are willing to do something and, and make these changes. Uh, I just don't – if the administration doesn't have the will, then, um, you know, Purdue and Loeffler are in big trouble. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and basically what we're talking about here today is election integrity. So let me add one more thing to this, and I want to know what you what you know about this as well. So there was also a report that voting the counting was stopped during the process because there was a break in the water main. Right. And so they had to fix that. And then that delayed the thing. It sounds like that was all the hoax as well. What, What do we know about that right now? Yeah, we get conflicting stories. We were told uh, by uh, Republican officials over there that it was nothing but normal seasonal condensation. On a, I'm not even kidding. And then some other people were talking about a toilet overflowing. I, what we do know is that it was not a broken water main or a broken pipe. I mean, this was not a serious problem. This was one more add this to the, to a very long list of very suspicious. All one way, all events that help one uh, one candidate or one party that really raise people's distrust levels, right? Have you seen any event, Don, any anomaly that helped Donald Trump and Republicans? Has there been a single story no. like this? Has there been a, a single anomaly, anomaly statistically that, that benefits Republicans and Donald Trump? No. They all go one way. The list is growing and growing. What we know is that the story was bogus again yep. and count and the yep. stopping of the stopping of vote counting folks is used to determine whether or not third world countries are robbing elections and changing results just so everybody understands what that is 
Yep, yep. And the, another big issue here, Rich, is uh, the Dominion software. There's been a lot of talk about this, which is seems also another area where it's ripe for some kind of fraud here. You've got Arizona now, and they're calling for an audit of the Maricopa County Dominion election software and the equipment as well. But there's reports that this equipment now is disappearing. It, it, what do we know about all that stuff? Yeah, that's and it was only used in these certain areas. Why, right? I mean, that's why I'm not a, you know, I'm not, this isn't my area of expertise, you know, and I'm thinking from the numbers point of view that simple rejection rates returning to historic norms would flip that. But it also doesn't mean that it's not worth investigating in the long term, I guess, or even short to midterm, I guess. Um, but in the, in the end, you know, the judge allowed the Republican Party in Arizona to simply audit a hundred, a very small sample, a hundred um, uh, votes that were that were duplicate votes, right? So when a voter maybe a ballot is damaged or whatever it may be, and three of them, so three percent, folks, three percent were altered or uh, you know were fraudulent in some respect. That's three percent, Don. So these are tiny little margins that we're talking about. If the left had a hard time swallowing a loss in 2016 over you know tens of thousands of votes then they can't blame the right for having a hard time when you look at georgia it's 10,000 when when the votes are strained away in arizona it could be as low as eight you know so we're talking about very small margins where a tiny little problem with the voting machine could have an impact you know so again we should let the stuff play out but all of these enigmas, whatever you want to call them, again, they're all happening in one direction. And that's something that just isn't likely. It's just not likely. So it raises yep. suspicion levels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this week, inside the numbers, what's going on? We're going to drop the poll results we have from Georgia. We started Michigan. And there are a couple of reasons why we did this. We have the Georgia runoff, of course. But we're also investigating voter fraud and voter election irregularities in, in Georgia. The same goes for Michigan, where we're actually going to release in detail some of the findings that we have. Not good, Don. Not good. I mean, dead people voted, Don. There's no doubt about it. Dead people, people who have left the state and really had no business voting. Uh, there's just no – this idea that there is no evidence. I mean, you really could put it right in front of their face, and they have no interest in looking at the truth. That I'm talking about the media. They, um, they have no interest. And so we're going to pull these states where we know there are irregularities, and we're going to see what the people think. Yep. All right. We're looking forward bad. to it. We can tell you that already. You know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Well, looking forward to inside the numbers this week. Rich, I'll let you get back to your road trip. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk again next week. All the best, my friend. Talk to you soon. To you as well. Say hi to Laura for us. Hi, Doc. <laughs> there you go. Bye. <laughs> All right. Ruth Barris and his wife, Laura, and uh, enjoying a nice road trip. But, yeah, this is, I mean, we've really got to look at this stuff. And there's all, so many different things to look into, which is one of the problems, but it's also, uh, I've been asking for evidence. And at least somebody's presenting some things here, uh, some, at least to tell us a little bit about what happened. Because don't forget, the morning after the election, President Trump was up by 100,000 votes in the state of Georgia. 
and that diminished pretty quickly. So we need some answers. Um, it needs to be concrete. It needs to be provable. Uh, I, I have always agreed with Rich that I think signature verification is a great place to start. Uh, certainly low-hanging fruit there. But but what's going on with these ballots? I mean, just look at all the things that happen because what they do is they talk about how we're crazy, right? That's, we always have to preface things. We always say, well, we're not conspiracy theorists or we're not tinfoil hat people. These things are just reality now, right? I mean, remember when it used to be a big thing to be to just be dismissed, right? Shoot the messenger uh, because you're, well, you're just crazy and it's just a conspiracy. These aren't conspiracy theories. This is reality. These are things that are really happening. So what happens? Somebody needs to explain these things uh, to the American people. But but the yeah I think we're I think we're beyond even having to say hey listen you know we're, we're not conspiracy theorists this is reality so somebody explain how it went from a hundred thousand to being down by a hundred and ten thousand vote swing in the state of Georgia in hours right so yeah let's let's check these signatures out let's look at that kind of stuff let's find out what happened with these ballots remember in Michigan Detroit Michigan. When the when the white unmarked van pulled up, a guy gets out. He puts a wheeled suitcase with a handle into a wagon, pulls the wagon into the counting area. Nobody even looks at the guy. He's got no identification. He's got no credentials hanging around his neck. They came out and they said it, it went around on social media as wagon gate, right? It was hashtag wagon gate because you people are crazy. No, no, that's crazy. He, he's a, they come out and they say, well, this was our Channel 7 News, CBS, ABC, whatever it was, doesn't even matter anymore. And they just say, they just tell you, well, no, the, he was the media guy, you nuts. He had nothing on him, on him identifying himself as a member of the media. Why did he put a wheeled suitcase with a handle into a wagon and pull the wagon in through the thing? Why did nobody stop him? Here's the real question. Why was he in a white unmarked van? We've all been places where the media is there and they cover things. They don't show up in unmarked vehicles at 4 o'clock in the morning. Just saying. These are legitimate questions. We have a right to ask these things without being uh, accused of being crazy and saying you people are just nuts. No, we're not. This is reality now. And, and this election has just been it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just mind-boggling what's going on here. Uh, how does it play out? How does it end up? I don't know. I mean, right now, I would say uh, for Trump supporters, it doesn't look good. Uh, but we don't know yet. We, we have not. We've we've certainly heard from enough people, from enough credible people, who have told us things that have happened while they were in these counting places and these polling stations. Um, nobody seems really concerned in looking into them or giving them any credibility at all. They just get dismissed. They immediately get dismissed. This is the danger of the media today. Is dismissive, just being dismissive of people and mo openly mocking people um, who are reporting things. It, it, like Rich said in there, it, it, it only goes one way. Because if it goes the other way, if you're a whistleblower, you're praised. If you're a whistleblower who's blowing the whistle against the left, not so much. You're pretty much dismissed. That's what they do. It's the game. It is what it is. What well, is time for our weekly Special Operations Speaks Vets in the Fight, brought to us by our friends at Special Operations Speaks and Vets in the Fight. Hello, all you Vets in the Fight. This is David Miller with your weekly Special Operations Speaks Vets in the Fight sit rep. We are in the maelstrom of a disinformation war waged against we the people by the Chinese, by the United Nations, by the global elites, by the major churches, and by the Communist Party 
formerly known as the United States Democratic Party. No lie is too great or too small for these groups to either originate or to give nodding approval to. Day to day, the chaos is stirred by Google, Facebook, and Twitter and is supplemented and reinforced by the cable news industry with Fox News, the latest traitor to snap in a bop face and join the lying apparatus. Even Brian Kilmeade, once thought of by us as, a, as truthful, knowingly lied to us while staring unflinchingly into the camera's eye. Special Operations Speaks has seen its monthly reaches to supporters on Facebook go from a million reaches per month 15 months ago down to 250,000 per month and then down to 67,000 per month in November. We must have been dealing in truths that the mouth-breathing millennials who man Facebook's, quote, expert facts checkers, unquote, could not tolerate. Sometimes you can even detect shift changes among the tattooed window lickers with some restricting of our Facebook postings to reach some numbers between 1,000 and 1,300 people, the next person will stay within a 300 to 500 range. No more, no less. As a survival measure, we opened a Special Operations Speaks account at MeWe.com, a direct competitor to Facebook that does not censor speech, nor does it monetize personal data. Inevitably shuts us down. We will be losing contact with 220,000 plus supporters. We've convinced about 1,000 to come on over to our MeWe space, comparatively few, but these are serious folks, many of whom have followed us since 2012 when we opened on Facebook. If you'd like to come through the wire to our MeWe space, type in MeWe.com slash join slash Special Operations Speaks. Answer three questions, and we'll welcome you with open arms. So, with the key cable news networks securely in the unreliable column, where does one go for truth? Here are some places, in addition to our MeWe SOS pages, that we recommend. Newsmax.com, O-A-N-N, that's OneAmericanNewsNetwork.com, TheEpochTimes.com, and TheBlaze.com. And for some intelligence summaries, UnconstrainedAnalytics.org. 31 days from today, the Georgia senatorial runoff elections will take place with the eyes of the world fixed on the outcome. Incumbent Republican Senators David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, both Republicans, will be challenged by John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, <laughs> this latter a long-committed Marxist, racist, and follower of Jeremiah Wright of Chicago and prominent racist friend to Barack Hussein Obama. The runoff would give the Democrat Communist Party control of the U.S. Congress a lock on the veto-proof majority that has promised gun confiscations, withdrawal of tax and regulatory reforms instituted by Donald Trump, reestablishing the U.S. as part of the bogus Paris Accords, regeneration of the Iran deal signed by Obama that gave $150 billion to the world's greatest ex-terrorism, continued dismantling of the First Amendment and renewed attack on Western civilization churches while kowtowing to Islam. Folks, the survival of the United States and the English-speaking peoples hangs in the balance with the outcome of the runoff elections on 5 January 2021. Go to PurdueSenate.com and KellyForSenate.com to make a contribution if you can. Georgia grassroots organizations 
are the action folks here who are conducting door knocks in Georgia, cell phone, peer-to-peer texting from home, and from phone banks. Find Lane Watkins at facebook.com slash lanewatkins.503 or parlor.com at Unify USA to find out how you and other patriots can help. Now, Monday marks the 79th anniversary of the Japanese sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, home to our Pacific fleet, a day that still lives in infamy. That Sunday morning, while so many military and civilians were at church services or just rising, they saw two waves of Japanese Zeros, carrier attack bombers, and even miniature submarines take the Pacific fleet's most formidable capital ships, swinging at anchor in a dangerously confined space. 2,043 Americans died at Pearl Harbor. May they rest in peace. Be armed, be trained, and have a plan. This is David Miller for Special Operations Speaks and Vets in the Fight Everywhere. Powder dry, folks, and your hatchet scoured. If we take a knee and bow to anyone, let it be to God Almighty and never to man that he may keep and bless our exceptional republic. Deo Presso Libre. In salute to those who've protected us and our families, we'd like to return the favor. Military veterans and their families get 30 days free and 15% off LifeLock identity theft protection. of your life. Sleep Number Beds with Sleep IQ technology adjust any way you want it. The bed that moves you, only at a Sleep Number store. Let's say you need to take care of legal matters. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than using a traditional lawyer? Well, LegalZoom came up with a better way. We took the best of the old and combined it with modern technology. Together you get quality services on your terms with total customer support. LegalZoom documents have been accepted in all 50 states, and they're backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to LegalZoom.com today and see for yourself. It's law. It just makes sense. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection been looking for an online gathering place you know a familiar screen does everything you're used to except give you grief for being a conservative you gotta try the tea party community at tpc you'll know how everything works from the very first minute and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there organize communicate share ideas upcoming events pictures and videos the tea party community connects and empowers like-minded politically conservative people like you sign up today at teapartycommunity.com building owners you gotta clean up your act 
You got to retrofit. You got to save energy. If you don't do it by 2030, there will be serious fines as high as a million dollars or more for the biggest buildings. And this mandate is going to guarantee that we reduce emissions. We're going to ban the classic glass and steel skyscrapers. enough there that any other person who has um, engaged in those acts um, would certainly uh, have been indicted. In the fight not only to defeat Trump and his racism and his sexism and his homophobia, this is a time for the American people to come together in the fight for economic justice social justice, racial justice, and environmental justice. And that is, that is what this campaign is about. I think most Americans, not just Democrats, would agree with it. We all, anybody who's got a half a brain, agrees that there is climate change and that human activity has caused it. And we better do something about it or we're going to be cooked, or certainly our children are going to be cooked. Just because I work at home doesn't mean I want to look like I do. That's why I'm building my corporate image with a Regis virtual office. I simply use one of Regis's 750 high-profile business addresses as my own. My calls are answered by a professional receptionist in my company's name. And when I need to meet, Regis offers conference rooms and furnished offices. With all this and more from just $150 a month, that works for me. So try it today, and you'll even get one month free. Just call 888-OFFICES or visit Regis.com. That's R-E-G-U-S.com. Hi, this is former Congressman Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West. Hi, this is Benny Shapiro, New York Times bestselling author of Bullies. Hi, I'm Charlie Daniels, and I'm on the Don Smith Show, where it is okay. In fact, it's wonderful to be a conservative. Hey, welcome back to the show. Again, coming up here in just a little bit, we have Fox News' Janice Dean. She's going to tell us how Governor Andrew Cuomo's policies in New York and how he's handled COVID-19 personally impacted her family. Remember, these policies have impacts on real people, so uh, always important to remember that. also want to welcome aboard our new sponsor. I uh, talked to Charlie Daniels Jr. here earlier this week, and um, they have a, a brand of steaks which are supposed to be excellent. I'll tell you about them once I get them and cook some up, but uh, I want to welcome them and on board as a new sponsor. Always a pleasure, though, to have my next guest on, retired Major General Paul Valley. General, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Don. Well, great to have you here. Uh, obviously, some uncertain times here. But before we get into any specifics, because I want to talk about foreign policy. I have some real concerns, and I'm sure you do as well. Uh, let's talk about this, because there is some uncertainty right now. What are your thoughts on how this all ends up? You mean in regards to the Biden and the new? Yeah. Yep, the election well, challenges. <laughs> I just from what I've seen and the, the people that he's talking about bringing in, if he ever becomes president, uh, are uh, the weakest slate I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as national security, I think you're going to see the same thing that was under Obama. There's going to be a declination. There's going to be a downgrade of our security 
of our armed forces. Uh, you're going to see uh, money shifted uh, from that. Uh, as uh, Trump has been so successful in building up our military capability in the last four years and the morale, uh, I think you're going to see, uh, again, it's going to be downgraded. And uh, that's not good yeah. for America. No, it isn't. And one of the things you and I have talked about a lot, and I had an opportunity to even talk to President Trump about this, was the, the Iran deal. So, I mean, this was a huge uh, monumental situation where he canceled that deal. Uh, he took away the emboldenedness of Iran. And I, 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 you've got Lurch now, who's apparently going to be part of this whole thing, uh, John Kerry. Right. And, and we know what his relationship was with Iran. We know how he feels about the deal. Do you see, do you see us going back into that? And, and how can that in any way possibly be good for America? Oh, I think they're going to try to get back into it and reestablish some form of that deal. Some of it's passe uh, at this point in time, but they'll certainly collude with uh, some of the European leaders, uh, and uh, you'll see an appeasement uh, uh, type of attitude to, towards Iran. When we see Iran uh, continuing, uh, continuing to be uh, a vast supporter of uh, international terrorism, uh, we uh, see a continued buildup of their nuclear capability, uh, their armed force. Uh, they've made no concessions whatsoever. But uh, as I understand them, the embargoes uh, and uh, what they've uh, done uh, on on the economic front have has weakened Iran uh, considerably. But yep. Um, yep. you know, in the background, chi- China's supporting Iran. You know, in the background. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and you kind of just touched on something here I want to get a little deeper into, because it's not just what this does to America. It's a, the, getting back into a deal with Iran. Um, it's going to embolden them again. And, and we've seen these peace deals that the president Trump has been able to accomplish here, especially over the last six months. And that's because that and I think that's because the American position when it comes to Iran uh, they didn't want to step up and be friendly with Israel uh, as long as we were in that situation. So what does that do to the rest of the world? What's the message we're going to send the rest of the world if we try to uh, get back into that deal? Well, it's going to show again a, uh, a presidency that uh, acquiesces, is weak, does not stand up to uh, the threats against not only Europe, the Middle East, but uh, the United States. But the... Uh, Coalition and the new move uh, of aligning uh, the Middle East countries, President Trump has been successful at the last few months. Uh, Israel continues to strengthen its capability. Uh, You've got Saudi Arabia uh, that is entertaining, joining a whole new relationship with Israel, for example. They haven't done it yet, as far as I know, but uh, that's probably forthcoming. So you've got those uh, states uh, that are aligned with the United States uh, against any initiatives uh, or threats uh, from Iran. And Iran is threatened, of course, to go in and take over the oil fields in the the, uh, northeast part of uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, And they've had those plans for quite a while. So uh, you can't acquiesce to Iran because they are aggressive. Uh, You uh, find it very tough to negotiate with them. Uh, that's just the way they are. But uh, their economy is very weak right now, and that could have an impact on on what they do. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about, I want to shift to China, because this is also, I think, 
for me, I think, I, and we've talked about this before in the program too, I think President Trump did a great job handling China, um, not acquiescing to them and letting them know that we are still the United States of America. What are your concerns when it comes now to China? We all know the story of Joe Biden. Um, just He's got a horrible record when it comes to dealing with China. He acquiesces to them. He lets them pretty much do whatever they want. What are your biggest concerns when it comes to China going forward if Joe Biden ends up becoming president? Well, it would be the same thing. And uh, he could be compromised because of the deals that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have had with the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Uh, That's been uh, proven. That is a fact. And I think... uh, China uh, certainly wants Biden to be the president because they'll be dealing with a very weak, uh, very weak president that can be compromised. Uh, and the same thing uh, with uh, the staff that uh, uh, Biden will bring in. So we see in another weakening of America going downhill again. That's why we cannot permit Joe Biden to be president of the United States. We just can't do yep. it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I was reading this morning, I was reading one of your articles, uh, StandUpAmericaUS.org, everybody check it out, Eyes on China. This is about a week ago you put this out. There are so many great points made in that article, and I just want to talk a little bit about them. One is, is America, as as citizens, we've always, we cherish our freedom, we cherish our liberty, but it's changed under President Trump because it's like people are willing to give up their freedoms just because of a hatred for uh, President Trump, or they read this article after article about what a horrible human being he is. He's evil. He's. But uh, did you ever think you would see um, the American people actually saying, yeah, okay, I'm okay with losing some freedoms just because I hate this guy so much? Oh, it's unbelievable. And, of course, that's been uh, promoted by the media uh, since uh, President Trump took over. So he's had the media beating on him. And then he's had the deep state uh, conglomerates uh, beating on him uh, across the board in the deep state. And then you've had uh, members of uh, Congress and the Senate against him. You've had the rhinos, Republicans in name only, uh, like Romney, for example, continue to batter uh, and uh, uh, attack the president. So uh, he's had no uh, no time uh well, I shouldn't say that. He's had the time to counter everything that they're trying to do, and he's won at each and every occasion. But, uh, you know, he's battling all those things. At the same time, he's trying to run the country uh, from a financial standpoint, from uh, national security, uh, from a, for a stronger government, uh, more efficient government, less regulations, uh, coming up with, uh, you know, the vaccines for COVID-19. So as he continues, and and this is his mindset, he gets up every morning, he wants to do positive things for the American people. He he doesn't get up and say, okay, I'm going to attack Chuck Schumer today and Nancy Pelosi and uh, the deep state. He's not going to do that. He does it in part because he has to and the media. But, uh, you know, the grand proportion of his time is to uh, make America great and continue to make America great again. And across the board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked a lot about the media and the media's role in all this. And you mentioned it there in that answer where the media was, I mean, they were all in on this thing on hating President Trump from day one. General, what are these, what are these guys going to do now? If, if Joe Biden wins and President Trump goes away, what are they going to do? Their whole world revolves around President Trump at this point. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to have to dig up, start doing some investigative reporting. 
But one of the positive <laughs> things that may come out of this is, and I'm, uh, in, well, part of a group that's uh, looking to uh, create a whole new uh, uh, news media uh, conglomerate, an organization that would include uh, international uh, business as well as uh, domestic reporting. Uh, you know, as, as Fox goes further to the left, uh, you'll see a decay uh, in the media, continued decay, and we really need a brand new, vibrant news organization in, in America. Yeah, we do, and yeah, I think I think many people are clamoring for that. In fact, that's one of the great things in your article too. You talk a lot about that. You talk about the former Soviet Union and how people just they realized that hey, this was propaganda and, and that they were being lied to. Uh, but but there's also a quote from a Russian reporter. I don't don't I can't quote it right now, but where he basically said the American people just believe what our media says, and that's the big difference between what happened in the former Soviet Union and what's happening here today in America. Yeah, there's so many lambs in America, as I call them, you know, and uh, the um, the wolves are out there. That's uh, that's for sure to uh, to take uh, control of the lambs and and the Americans that really don't understand what's going on. Many of them that watch CNN, MSNBC, they can get completely diverted from what really is going on because the actual reports aren't there, especially on the positive things that the president has done. And, and you notice yeah. also, Don, we cover international events sparingly, mm-hmm. sparingly. You'll see something every once in a while, but, boy, uh, not much. And that's why we need to really cover the international scene more because it affects everything we do in the United States and vice versa. That's why a news media that has a great, strong international presence that B, BBC used to have um, yep. that uh, – this can be created. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to counter all the bad media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was kind of my point, General, on, on what is the media going to do? And the answer was what you said. They're going to have to start doing some investigative journalism again and actually realize there is a whole world out there. So I think that'll be fascinating to watch. I want to talk about this. We talk about StandUpAmericaUS.org. Everybody can go there. Right. Uh, they can help you out. But there's another organization that you founded, and it's Christmas time coming up. Maybe they make great gifts. Talk a little bit about Nemo. Oh, well, Nemo Arms, it's uh, www.nemoarms.com, and uh, we basically uh, uh, develop, uh, from a lot of research and development, new arms, uh, particularly for our military and police, but also for our hunters and our shooters. Uh, and we have a vast array of products on nemoarms.com that you can go there and buy a nice Christmas gift. After the first year, we'll be coming out with our new uh, shotguns. Uh, which are tied into a, a popular firm in Italy that makes some of the best shotguns in the world. So anyhow, go to NemoArms.com, and you can find your nearest dealer. And uh, uh, a great Christmas gift. It really is. Absolutely. A great hey, Christmas gift. Next time I come out there, well, next time I come out there, I want to shoot one of those Watchmen 300s. Those look pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you absolutely. back out. You bet. So, okay, one more time, give us the standupamericaus.org, your mission, how can they help you, and uh, and how do they get there? Well, we're basically, uh, we were founded in 2005. Uh, we stand up for the Constitution, for the Republic, uh, for liberty, freedom, uh, an honest government, a smaller government, and uh, that's uh, that's what we support. 
And uh, we've been very successful at, uh, you know, spreading that message continually every day of the year. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, through social media, through radio, TV, through articles that we publish. Our newsletter comes out every week now for a while, and then we'll go back to two weeks, which is uh, authored and uh, uh, edi- editor is uh, Ray DiLorenzo, who's done just a great job for us in uh, producing that newsletter. Yep. So. And, and, we're, and General, if this thing sticks the way it looks right now, uh, we're going to need you again more than ever, just like we did for the eight years previously. So looking forward to everything you guys got going on. StandUpAmericaUS.org. Everybody check it out. And check out Nemo. Those things are awesome. So General, always a pleasure to have you on the program. You guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. General Paul Valley, everybody, check it out. Uh, Nemo, some really cool stuff on there. So, again, Christmas time, just saying. And check out StandOfAmericaUS.org. You know, just talking about all the, the changes that we're going to see. I mean, these peace deals that came about, these are people who are like, okay, America's finally uh, getting tough with Iran, so we're going to drop our, our historical hatred for Israel and, and just be peaceful with them. Those are the things that I'm worried about. If we try to do this back, we know uh, John Kerry was over talking to the Iranians while we were pulling out of the deal, uh, assuring them, don't worry, just kind of wait it out and uh, hang in there, we'll get back to you. And unfortunately, it kind of looks like that maybe is what happened. But that undermines all these peace deals. Because one of the reasons that some of these countries agreed to make peace with Israel was because, again, of our stance against Iran. Another thing we didn't get a chance to talk about there is North Korea. So are we going to start seeing the missiles being fired again? Uh, Pretty much an absence of that during the entire time under President Donald Trump. Um, Maybe out of respect for him, maybe other reasons, we don't know. But what happens there? I mean, I don't think there's going to be any any sit-downs or any kind of peace accords uh, or anything like that. But what really scares me when it comes to the Iran thing and, again, the peace deals with Israel is John Kerry who's going to be integral part of this uh, cabinet, it appears, it came right out and said that, that there can be no peace with Israel uh, as long as Iran was in the situation they were in. So I'm really concerned about that because I think they're actually against these peace deals. Uh, we've been told they're just uh, photo ops and all these kind of things, but actually I think it's real peace. And I think peace is supposed to be a good thing. You never forget President Donald Trump was supposed to get us into World War III. Everybody remember that. Because I think now we're going to see some kind of tensions in the Middle East. I think things have been pretty calm under President Trump um, with his style, with his everything about him. Uh, I think things have been pretty peaceful there. So I hope that continues. Uh, unlike the left, I don't want all everything to go to complete chaos, right? Just to make him make Joe Biden look bad. I want what's best for America. I want what's best for the American people and for our allies. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I do certainly have some concerns when it comes to all these different things. You know, it's just, I think it's going to be some crazy times. So we'll see how it plays out. Everybody, though, check out StandUpAmericaUS.org and check out NemoArms.com. Really cool stuff on there, and always great to have the general on. Again, we'll have Janice Dean here in just a little bit, uh, but just to talk a little bit more about what we're seeing here with these lockdowns. I think this is. I, I think one of the things that that has really happened over the last four years is we're seeing just childishness for, from politicians. 
no, no more, no better case than that than Andrew Cuomo, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But just look around the country. Looking at Governor Murphy in New Jersey, uh, Matt Gates. There was a an event. I don't know if you heard about this. It was the Young Republicans, uh, the New York Young Republican Club. So they put together this event yesterday, and it turns into you've got Governor Murphy telling Matt Gates, Congressman Gates, that he's not welcome in the state of New Jersey. This is a governor saying this. Governor Cuomo has made the same comments about things about Rush Limbaugh. If he would have known that raising taxes would have gotten Rush Limbaugh out of town, he would have done it years ago. No compassion for the average American, right? You, you don't have a right as a governor to tell a, a sitting congressman that he's not allowed in your state. I mean, every, everybody remembers, of course, the Maxine Waters thing. If you see these people anywhere, tell them they're not welcome anywhere at any time. These are the kind of things that we've got to get away with, any away from. Anybody that thinks that this is going to be a unifying thing, it, it absolutely not, isn't. The left went total scorched earth for the last four years. I mean, everybody was a Russian spy. If you didn't agree with the leftist uh, ideology, you, you were a spy, right? You were from Russia. You were working with Putin. They're saying this to people who serve this country, who love this country. So if all of a sudden we're just going to all come together magically um, unfortunately, I don't see that happening. It'd be great if it could, but I certainly don't see that happening. Uh, we'll see. But this is the kind of stuff we're going to hear from the media. We played the clip last week of, uh, and the week before. I think we played it two weeks in a row. Christine Amanpour, who talked about Kristallnacht, right? This is like Kristallnacht. We've got to quit with all the, the Hitler stuff, with all the Nazi Germany stuff. There are not 70 million Nazis running around in the United States of America. There just isn't. So when you go to that kind of talk, when you go to that, that abrasiveness, it's pretty hard to bring people together. And I also want to remind people that we were not completely united prior to President Trump becoming president of the United States. The last time in my lifetime that I remember us being united as a country was after 9-11. And everything from then, the media did everything they could to destroy President Bush at the time um, to kind of rip that unity apart, right? Because there, there were a couple days there where we were all Americans. Today, hmm, it doesn't seem to necessarily be the case. But again, this is the kind of stuff you're going to hear on the media. It feels like um, we are watching interviews or president-elect or president who are on Earth 1 and Earth 2. It was very normal. Uh, very safe, very sedate, and it, it was welcoming uh, news. It was good to watch. We heard no fake news. We heard no conspiracy theories. We heard no personal grievances. Yeah, I mean, there certainly was a lot of the right answers. There just wasn't the, you know, attack. There you go. So it was normal, right? This was normal. That's the kind of talk we've got to get away from. It, 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 it's not whether it's normal or it's not normal. It's luck versus right. And again, there's no unity in that kind of stuff. And that's what they're going to do, though. And, and we know that that's what they're going to do. I want to talk a little bit more about the situation that happened. So the New York Young Republican Club hosted a large indoor gala uh, yesterday. And this was in a, in a restaurant uh, in New Jersey. Governor Murphy gets all upset. They're doing a full-blown investigation to determine whether people were really following the social distancing guidelines, whether they had their masks on, um, by all reports, they had the, the proper number of people, if you will, uh, that were allowed on this kind of a gathering because politics, uh, religion are kind of exempted from 
uh, some of the restrictions that they put in place. Well, today, the report comes out that the governor has shut down this restaurant. There's no investigation has been completed. There have been no violations actually reported, but the Maritime Park, the restaurant that hosted the gala, has now been shut down by the governor. Why? Because it hosted a Republican event. So again, nobody on the left is trying to push forward for unity, and that's unfortunate, but they're just not. They're just words, right? We played the clip earlier. We played the clip of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden talking about the vaccine, because this is the big problem they have right now from a PR standpoint, is they both come out and told people they should question the vaccine, which, again, I think is kind of proof that maybe they didn't have a lot of confidence that they were going to win this election. Um, but now they've got a huge PR nightmare because they're going to try to convince people. That, let, me, let me rephrase that. They're going to try to shame people into getting this vaccine. Now, you've probably already made up your mind whether you're going to get it or not. I'm not advocating one way or, the, or, one way or another. I'm simply saying they put out this aura that said, we don't trust it. Because apparently they think President Trump was actually the one in a laboratory creating this vaccine, and which we know that that's kind of ridiculous. But now they've got to walk this back. Listen to this one more time, because now all of a sudden, this same vaccine that they told us we should question is now unquestionably safe. We want to make sure that the people who, who need to get it first are, are going to be there. But of course, of course, we'll take it. I'd be happy to do that. When Dr. Fauci says we have a vaccine that is safe. That's the moment in which I will stand before the public. Now, obviously, we take it, and it's important to communicate to the American people. It's safe. See, again, now it's completely safe. So nothing has changed. It's the same vaccine. It's the same Dr. Fauci. Uh, it's the same companies. So nothing has changed. But, but it's a PR situation. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to rip this country, I think, apart even more going forward. Uh, we've already, we already get the mask stuff, the shaming of not wearing a mask. Now it's going to be, did you get the vaccine? If you didn't, then, of course, you hate your neighbors and all that kind of stuff. It's ripping families apart. I, I said it was horrible watching it on social media, watch it play out as who went to family gatherings, who got together and who didn't. And people trashing their own family members right, over, over ideology. And that's all it was, but ripping their own family members. So I think this doesn't continue. I don't think we become united. I hope so. I hope I'm wrong, but time will tell. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but all of a sudden, the vaccine is safe. I wonder if uh, Andrew Cuomo feels the same way now, too, because he's also made some pretty strong comments about it. So quick commercial break, and then right after that, we're going to talk to Fox News' Janice Dean. you got to love Janice Dean, right? One of the happiest people on television and just a super nice person. So really looking forward to talking to her right after this. Have you ever been frustrated when you go to the doctor and are asked to fill out forms over and over again? And you're asked for information that you don't remember, or you have to submit the same form to multiple organizations. And each time you are asked to fill out the same form by hand. What about filling out business or legal forms, all manually? Maybe you've spent a lot of time filling out a form, made sure that everything is correct, and oops, the person who re-entered the data into the computer system made several mistakes. 
Why couldn't you do it from home in advance, where you can find all of the necessary documents? Now you can at Formateer.com. The next time you need a form filled out, the information can be found right at your fingertips. If you're an individual, you may find some forms ready to use on Formateer.com, or we may be able to create a custom form for you at a very low cost or no cost at all. If you're a small business, Formateer.com will be happy to create a set of forms or a complete data entry solution for your business needs. If you're a business that provides software, IT solutions, or both to another business, Formateer.com has a great solution for you as well. Our parent company, RenderX, provides software and solutions to a very diversified group, from individuals to Fortune 500 companies. Even the United States government budget is formatted with RenderX software. With Formateer.com, customers can fill out forms from their homes in advance when and where they have all the required information, or they can edit information that has changed if they filled out the form previously. No writing for them, no data reentry for you. Form filling solutions for businesses or individuals at Formateer.com. That's Formateer.com. Is it time to expand and open offices in Sao Paulo and London? A long-term lease will be like a short, tight noose, and furnishing those will be as much fun as a tax audit. You guys always give me such great negative feedback. Fear and doubt holding you back? Now there's a new way to work to minimize risk. With Regis, you get fully equipped offices without a long-term lease, a receptionist, conference rooms, and over 1,100 locations around the world. Regis is the new way to work. Call now and get two months free. Been looking for an online gathering place? You know, a familiar screen does everything you're used to, except give you grief for being a conservative? You've got to try the Tea Party community. At TPC, you'll know how everything works from the very first minute, and you'll probably find a lot of friends who are already there. Organize, communicate, share ideas, upcoming events, pictures, and videos. The Tea Party community connects and empowers like-minded, politically conservative people. Like you, sign up today at teapartycommunity.com. Wouldn't it be nice if there was an easier, less expensive option than a traditional lawyer? At LegalZoom, you get personalized services for your family and your business that's 100% guaranteed. So go to LegalZoom.com today for personalized, affordable legal protection. Are you among the 64% of Americans who believe our country is going in the wrong direction? If yes then eVoiceAmerica.com is the political take action site we've all been waiting for. And it's really free. eVoice America provides your personal list of elected reps every time you log on. This makes it so easy to email your opinions and eVotes on top issues directly to each of our DC elected representatives. eVoice then publishes our eVote majority percentages on top issues to each member of Congress and the media. Now, for the first time in history, we can know what millions of American citizens are telling Congress. No more gridlock. Join the new American majority using eVoiceAmerica.com, putting Americans in control of Congress. Visit eVoiceAmerica.com today. It's free and easy to use. That's eVoiceAmerica.com. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. I'm on the Don Smith Radio Show, where it's okay to be a real conservative.
Hey, welcome back to the show. Hope you're having a great Saturday so far. It is my pleasure to have my next guest on. She is meteorologist for Fox News, also a best-selling author. Her name is Janice Dean. You know where you love her. Janice, welcome to the Don Smith Show. Hi, Don. How are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing today? It's a rainy Saturday here in New York City. Well, here it is mostly sunny. See what I did there? <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. So we're talking a lot of today about about hypocrisy. We're talking about the policies, real policies having real impacts on real families. And I, uh, it saddens me when I first heard your story, but there's some of my listeners who maybe haven't heard it. And I'm talking, of course, about Governor Andrew Cuomo and some of the things that he did when at first when we had this COVID-19, which is difficult to deal with. I understand that. But some of these things were just horrible with horrible impacts on families. Could, could you please share your story with my listeners? listeners? Mm -hmm. My husband lost both of his parents. Um, They were in elder care facilities, separate elder care facilities, and we lost them to COVID. Um, In March, late March, Sean lost his father, and two weeks later, his mom. And the the plan was we were supposed to have them in one facility, uh, an assisted living residence on Long Island, which is where we live. And his dad needed rehab because he was you know, quite ill. He had dementia. He had a lot of um, he had a lot of issues that we needed to take care of to get him in better shape to join his wife D in her assisted living residence. So that was the plan, and it wasn't you know it wasn't long that they were in their elder care facilities when COVID happened and we were quarantined and we couldn't see them. Uh, we were getting regular updates from their facilities, um, but we didn't know his father was sick until a Saturday morning in late March when we got a call saying he wasn't feeling well. And then literally three hours later, we get a call saying he was dead. So we had no lead-up time whatsoever, uh, knowing that he was even sick or felt ill. And it wasn't until we saw the death certificate that we realized he died of COVID in his nursing home his mom uh he had to tell his mom my husband had to phone his mother in her assisted living residence and she hadn't seen her husband for many weeks and he had to tell her that she had he had died and then she got ill and we didn't know what was wrong with her we were actually afraid for her to go to the hospital thinking that she might get COVID in the hospital um but they transported her to the hospital they diagnosed her with COVID and she died several days later. Um, And, you know, when I look back on this, we didn't know the governor had a mandate, an executive order to put COVID patients into nursing homes. We, I found out after his father died um, that the governor had this executive order in place for 46 days um, until May 10th. So from March 25th to May 10th, there was this order. And I remember getting a call before his dad got sick saying that he was going to be moved to a different floor in the nursing home so that they could Mm -hmm. admit new patients. So of course um, that was a red flag. And then his mom dying in the hospital, uh, Cuomo does not count the people that got COVID but died in the hospital like his mom. So the numbers are incomplete here in New York. And they say that over 6,000 died Uh, but the estimates are at least double that number uh, when you include the people that died in the hospital. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, now I understand that I'll go forward a, a few months and there was because there was a lot of people who had questions for the governor about this. He seems to re- refuse to answer them and kind of just brushes them aside. But they had a, they had a hearing. And I know you were going to be a part of that or I think eventually were. What was the story on that? Because I know you guys just wanted some answers. You showed up. Uh, what, what was the situation with that? Well, we still want answers. Um, in August, they had two hearings in Albany. Um, they were virtual, obviously, because, um, you know, they didn't want us to come down to Albany. But I was invited to speak and tell my family story. And I was supposed to speak at the second hearing in uh, the second week of August. And I was waiting for the official invite. And I never got the official invite. And I emailed Kevin Byrne, who is a, an assemblyman, who is the one that invited me and, and asked the chair if I could be a part of it. And he had said yes. And so I waited for the invite. It never came. And I emailed Kevin and he told me that they disinvited me um, because they were uncomfortable with me being part of the hearing because of where I worked. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a huge problem, Janice. I mean, this is news that's important to a lot of people Uh, just because you're at a huge platform, which I assume is the reason is, as you said, it's because of the place you work. So this is a huge problem to kind of suppress this information. I mean, is that how you see it too? Absolutely. Um, We still don't have answers. There are several questions I want answered, uh, one of which, why did he have the executive order? Why did he order COVID patients into nursing homes for 46 days? Why didn't he use the facilities provided by the federal government, including the Comfort Ship and the Javits Center and several makeshift hospitals? And why don't we have the exact total number of seniors that died from contracting COVID in their elder care facilities? We don't have answers. No one seems to want these answers. Uh, except, you know, thousands of New Yorkers who have family members that died. Um, And the problem is Cuomo is revered in this town, and he is feared, revered and feared. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we're not getting these answers. But I'll tell you, if he was a conservative, if he was a Republican, I wouldn't have to be on your show pleading for answers. Uh, He would probably be already in front of a jury. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, this is the thing. So so I hear about this award. He's getting an actual award because of his ability to communicate. And what you're telling us is the exact opposite of that. This is horrible communication. In fact, it's downright suppression. When I heard about him getting this award, I, I immediately thought of you and, and your because I know your story and uh, my heart breaks for you. And I think that's just absolutely horrible. What did, what were your thoughts? What what went through you when you heard he was actually going to be presented an award for this? So it was an Emmy award, and from what I understand, to get an Emmy award or to be considered for one, you have to put together your own tape. You will have to put together your own, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a video of yourself doing what the award requires. So someone put together, a, you know, video of him doing his daily briefings and talking about the thousands of people that died in New York, including my in-laws, to get this award for leadership and, you know, ability to communicate. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm not surprised by this from this governor. I've seen so much ego in the last few months from him creating this weird poster celebrating his leadership. Uh, It was a poster of COVID Mountain, uh, basically the deaths that peaked in March and April, and then 
him flattening the curve. So there was the poster that he um, he sold on a website for 20 bucks. And then he wrote a book about leadership and promoted the book for several weeks meeting. And he, uh, he, he missed 17 meetings with the White House to talk about COVID response because he was out promoting this leadership book for many weeks. So that was way more important to him than actually governing his state. And now this award, of course, this Emmy Award, which he accepted last week. Um, he's also up for Time Person of the Year. So um, frustrating to say the least. Uh, it's also infuriating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and then that was my feeling, and that, that's why I wanted to reach out to you, and I'm so glad you took the time today. But the, the award specifically, this is what really gets me about it. The award specifically is in recognition for his leadership and, quote, effective use of television during the pandemic. Janice, he used the television to, to belittle people, to shut people down. Like you said, he's revered and feared. And I think feared is the, is the optimum word here. So, I mean, I just, I can't even imagine what this is like for you. It's frustrating uh, because we haven't grieved properly and our grieving turns to anger every time I see him um, congratulating himself on television or on radio and reporters not doing their jobs by asking him the questions questions that so many thousands of New Yorkers want on behalf of their families. And I don't want to be the person who is doing interviews and calling him out. I'm the weather person on the Fox News channel, and I'm not a political person at all. So to find myself in this position is very difficult. It's difficult for my family. But I'll be honest with you, you know, if, if it makes one more person aware of the situation and aware of what this governor is getting away with, then I suppose, you know, it, it's worthwhile. Yeah, and I agree, too. And, and you're absolutely right. You're, you're not political. You do the weather on there. Um, I've never heard you get involved in politics at all until this happens. But certainly, this is more than politics. This is just, it's dishonesty. Here's what I'm really concerned about, and I wonder if you share that concern. So here he's getting an award. He writes a book, probably selling a lot of books, I don't know. Uh, gets this award for setting this example. Are you concerned? That other people will look at this example and say, well, oh, okay, so if I get into a bad situation, instead of answering these questions honestly, dealing with this honestly, I should just bully people and act this way, and I'll get an award for it, and and that's just the way you should handle it. I'm worried about the example he's setting for others down the road. You know, I think that that's a great point. Uh, He really is getting away with this, Um, and the fact that he blames everyone else except the person that signed the order Uh, himself, Governor Cuomo. He's blamed God and Mother Nature and the New York Post and Fox News. He's blamed the nursing home uh, people who work there, the people who visited the the facilities, which, by the way, we were never allowed to visit because we were under quarantine. And at one point he said, well, old people, they're going to die. So, you know, he blames everyone else except him. And he's starting, you know, I think you tell yourself a lie so many times that you start to believe it. And um, you know what? I I have to believe that somewhere down the line, um, something's got to give. I would hope. Um, and and if it takes till the day that where he's judged at the pearly gates, then I guess that that's what I'm going to have to deal with. Um, but yeah. you know, if he is looking for uh, a higher office, um, president perhaps one day, he's going to have to go in front of uh, people and testify. And so if he, you know, if he has that ego that he wants to go somewhere uh, higher than a governor of New York, 
um, that I would hope that one day I will be able to tell my story in front of him and be able to ask the questions. Yep. Yep, exactly. So I've got to ask you this question because you did, you mentioned it that, and I, and I know this is so difficult with COVID-19 that you weren't allowed to be at the facility. Um, you were finding out things days later in, in some cases. How, how do you guys get closure on this? I mean, no funeral. There was no, how do you get closure on this? We don't, to be quite honest with you. I, I was writing out Christmas store, uh, Christmas cards today and I saw my in-law's name, um, you know, with their address. And I, I remember yep. his mom, Dee, would always write Christmas cards and, and give presents on holidays. And we would see them in the holidays. We didn't get to see them on Thanksgiving, obviously. Um, they were going to be married for 60 years next year. Um, so it's very difficult. Uh, and the fact that we weren't able to grieve properly uh, has made it even worse. So... Yeah. The answer is no. I don't think we've properly grieved, and it's harder when, when you're angered by uh, the leader of your state who bears some responsibility for their deaths. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I've got to ask you this. Let's end this on a positive note. Uh, mostly Sunny, you're a best-selling author now. Uh, congratulations. That's absolutely awesome. For my listeners who haven't checked it out yet, tell us about Mostly Sunny. So Mostly Sunny, I wrote uh, about almost two years ago, but it's still doing very well and I appreciate all that have you know that have read my story it was a memoir but I will tell you Don that um, in a couple of months I've got a new book coming out that that I am so um, proud of it's called make your own sunshine and this book is not about me this is about other people spreading kindness these small acts of kindness that sometimes can turn into movements so this one is something I am so proud of, and I hope you'll have me back on your program to talk about it and talk about the wonderful people that I met writing this book. I wrote this book, a lot of it, during the pandemic. And while we were going through these very dark days, these interviews that I did with these amazing people really brought sunshine into my life. So I can't wait for people to, to read these amazing stories of incredible people doing extraordinary things. Exactly. And, and Janice, you are one of those. So, I mean, make your own sunshine, inspiring stories of people who know how to find light in dark times, which you've done that. And, and you're an inspiration to many, including myself. So thank you for everything you do. Um, keep your chin up. And I hope you get I hope we all get those answers. But more importantly, I hope you and your husband get those answers someday. Thank you for letting us share our story with your listeners. Well, it is my pleasure. You guys have a great weekend. I hope it gets mostly sunny tomorrow for you. And we'll do this again sometime. I want to know when that book comes out. I want to have you back. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, Janice Dean, everybody. Just amazing story. And, and people just need to understand. Again, I said this at the beginning of the program. Real, real policies have impacts on real people. And, and we need to be able to discuss those things. This is nobody knew how to handle this COVID nineteen, and I think even today, I think that's one of the problems that we have is uh, the science. It's science. Everything's science. We don't really know yet. We still don't really know what's happening. We don't know why. Nobody can explain why we're having outbreaks. You look at the difference between how California has handled this pandemic versus Florida. We're pretty open here. We really didn't do much of the mask stuff. I mean, some BMP, you wear them where you have to in a grocery store, things like that. But there's, there's restaurants in parts of Florida where it's optional. You don't even have to wear the mask into the restaurant, much less uh, wait till you get to the table and then you can take it off. So why are the numbers so comparable between us and California? 
who, I mean, you're literally, we heard, you heard from uh, Mayor Garcetti earlier, we got to cancel everything, right? So why are the numbers so different? And I don't think anybody can really scientifically explain any of that. So until science really has a handle on this thing, um, I think we should quit saying it's science, right? Because science, is, science was wrong from the very beginning. At the very beginning of this, it was not airborne. Remember this. You had Nancy Pelosi come on down to Chinatown. You had New York health officials ride the subway, go see a play, go have a dinner and a movie. And that's what I'm going to do tonight. And don't miss the parade. Remember that. So science has not exactly uh, had a hold on this thing from the very beginning. And, and I'm not expecting that they should. I think it's important to understand that too. This is, there's a reason they call it the novel coronavirus, uh, because we don't know the novel uh, coronavirus, because it's new. It's something that we don't understand. So all the blaming of President Trump, who nobody has done that more than Governor Cuomo, uh, we sent an entire hospital ship there. No, it, it was not used. Remember when he stood up about that he needed the 10,000 ventilators? President Trump said, no, you don't need 10,000 emergency ventilators. Uh, Cuomo stood up and said, well, he's going to have to pick who's going to die then. It did turn out that they did not need the 10,000 ventilators. In fact, we've now known, we now know that ventilators actually seem to be kind of a bad way to handle this. Uh, gets people reliant upon that. From what I understand, the survival rate, if you're put on a ventilator, is like one out of three. So we've kind of gone away from doing that. So, so many unknown things here. That's the bottom line. People need to just stand up and say, look, we really don't have all the answers yet. Um, and that's just the reality of the situation. So great to have Janice Dean on the program to tell her story. It's just, it's heartbreaking. I mean, for, for any, any out there, um, my heart breaks for you if you've lost a loved one and uh, you don't get that closure. I think it's, I mean, that's just really important, but uh, it's what our society has become. The media is, everything is just what the narrative is about. And um, I don't know, it's just crazy times and um, heartbreaks for Janice Dean, but definitely her new book. That sounds absolutely fantastic. So check that out when it gets out, uh, make your own sunshine and uh, just to be able to, even to be able to share stuff like this, right. To write an inspirational book in what our, dark times right now, uh, especially for her family. I think that's just, that's great. And it shows the character of Janice Dean. So thank her for her time. Thank you for uh, tuning in today for this. But again, back to all of this stuff, all these, all these places that are locking down. I mean, the cancel everything The you've got the guy who, who tells everybody to stay home and he's actually shooting this video, not to travel. He shoots this video from his timeshare uh, condo in Cabo. I mean, this is what needs to stop, right? There's been another uh, top-ranking official out in California who was caught at the same restaurant that Gavin Newsom was, where he lied and said, oh, no, we were, we were outside and everything was socially. And, and then the pictures come out, right? The pictures come out. You see, okay, number one, they're not outside. Number two, no, there's not social distancing. And number three, nope, they never had their masks on. But you need to do it. This is what we've got to get past, and I think this is where there's going to be this uprising of the American people. And it, at this point, it will transcend politics. I always say one thing. The left always goes too far, right? They always push things too far. Once you've gotten to the point where you transcend politics, all the complaints about the guy in Staten Island who wanted to keep his restaurant open, he wasn't going to survive if he didn't, people show up to, to support him. What they're supporting is freedom. They're supporting the Constitution. They're supporting the right to make their own decisions, right? That's America. That's, that's why actually the actual foundation of America is right there. 
So you get these the same people that didn't have any problem with the BLM protests or any of the other protests that were going on in Oregon all around the country who are now criticizing these people. They're, they're super spreaders. They don't care about people. They're killing people. Uh, it's just unbelievable. You can't even reconcile those things. But if you're liberal, you, you don't have to, right? You always have these built-in justifications, and I think that is one of the huge problems that we've got right now in this country. So we'll see what happens with the uh, – is there any more evidence that comes out this week? Again, that clock is still ticking. Um, it's time for the campaign team to prove their case, and I hope they do. Um, as of where we stand right now, I think the signature verification thing would be great. There's some things that they could do in Georgia, but that's just one state. And more, a lot more is needed than just the state of Georgia. So a uh, big thing I'm focused on right now is this Senate race. Do not listen. To it. Okay, I, I very rarely tell people what I think they should do. But in this case, I am going to do not listen to people who say, if you're in the state of Georgia, don't write in Trump's name. If you go to vote in, the, in this election, the runoff between the, for the two Senate seats, do not write in Trump's name. Do not stay home and not vote as an act of protest. Um, not the time to be playing those kind of games. So anybody telling you to do those things, um, I'd say make up your own mind. Uh, think what makes sense to you. But this is really important. This is a, an immensely important election in the state of Georgia, two seats um, that will actually shift the balance of power. So if you don't want the courts packed, if you don't want a Green New Deal, if you don't want all these things, uh, keep that in mind and don't play around with your vote. You get a vote if you're in Georgia, uh, make it count. So no writing in Trump or anybody in Mickey Mouse or anybody else. Don't stay home and, and protest the election because that doesn't prove anything. And what that does is it gives the balance of power to the left. Uh, they'll be able to get some of those things done if they take control of the Senate. So just want to point that out. It's really important. And just remember what we're up against. You know, I, I want to follow one thing up. I've got time to play this before, uh, before we have to go here today. The whole thing with, with Janice Dean's situation, the whole thing with how – I love what she said there. He's revered and feared. That is so perfect. But think about this and put it in context. It was announced that he was going to get the award for, for the effective use for, for being a great communicator. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's what he got the award for, being an effective communicator. This happened literally 24 hours before it was announced that he was going to get an award for being an effective communicator. So what are you talking about? How, what are you talking about? You're now going to override we did it already. That's the law, an orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm so confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I I'll tell you what you mean. Still, parents are still confused as well. The school oh, they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are confused as well. Read the law and you won't be confused. So would you call that effective communication? Because I actually wouldn't. I would call it belittling. I would call it bullying. It's what he does, and it's why he's feared. So uh, to, 24 hours later for the announcement to come out that he's getting an award for his communication skills, right after that happened, I think is just, uh, it's beyond the pale. I, I mean, I don't even, some, some of these things I don't even know how to describe anymore because you, there's just no words, right? There's no words for these kind of things. So uh, we're watching Joe Biden um, Pick his cabinet, and of course we've talked about how he's got John Kerry and there's some other people. Um, but this was his comment on 
you always got to understand for the left, everything has to be historic, right? It's, oh, this is, everything is so super historic and they're the greatest people in the world. And they'll tell you that over and over again. And here's just another example. The first eight members, of the most diverse cabinet anyone in American history has ever announced. There are three, three white men. There are, or there should be the three men. There are five women. There are five people of color, three white people. I, I think to me, that is the worst thing about liberalism is everybody's in this box, right? And everybody's got to be described that way. Um, so much for content of character, I guess. I guess they're way over that by this time. So anyway, it is what it is. Hey, I want to thank Fox News' Janice Dean for being on the program. Of course, always General Paul Valley. Uh, it was great on talking about the foreign policy and what we look forward to or not, uh, at least going forward. And also my good friend, he is the editor of People's Pundit Daily Mr. Richard Barris. More importantly, thanks to each and every one of you. Be back here next Saturday at noon Eastern time for a brand new Don Smith show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Fight the good fight